0: We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We at Engage love talking about dead people. Uh, There's so much that we can learn from them. There's so much that we can learn about Christ from them and how Christ used them and, and impacted their life and all of these different things. And one man in particular that we're focusing on today is an 1800. Hundreds preacher named Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Uh, if you're not familiar with him uh, in the last segment, if you want a great introduction to Charles Spurgeon, uh, yes. we have Dr. Christian George, who is a, an expert on uh, Charles Spurgeon. He recommends morning and evening, the devotion. We'll put a, put a link to that in the show notes, engagemagazine.net slash podcast. So first off, Dr. George, thanks again for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: So your your passion for Charles Spurgeon, uh, goes a little bit beyond just a, a, a casual uh, amusement with him. Um, it's it's a little more serious than that, wouldn't you say?
1: No, absolutely it is. When you fall in love, you fall in love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about now. You went to England as a teenager, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so my father introduced me to Spurgeon. He took me to England. We went to see you know the place where he was baptized, his church, his ministry. And when you go to, you know, I think the best education is to travel to Mm -hmm. all my students to get a passport. Um, And so, yeah, I went to England, and I saw these places, and I felt a sense of ownership over those memories. And so when I read Spurgeon, you know, he came alive. And that's what Spurgeon does best. He animates the gospel for his listeners.
0: Now, you've mentioned, and you mentioned this in the last segment as well, that you have students. Where are you a professor?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm a professor of historical theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City which is where our Spurgeon Library is as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to get into that. And you say Spurgeon Library. What's the website for that?
1: Yeah, the website is Spurgeon.org.
2: Spurgeon.org. Well, we had, I had a question uh, before, we get into the, um, before we get into the museum and such, the Spurgeon Museum, and that is, how is it that we can have a deep appreciation, learn from, and really have uh, a respect for heroes such as Charles Spurgeon and others without making them an idol?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, I wrestle with every day, which is one reason we decided in our library, which used to be our old chapel, we decided to, to frost Spurgeon's face into the front door, which is a glass door so you can see through Spurgeon into the library. And it's a reminder that on the one hand, you know, we don't want to worship Spurgeon or anybody but Jesus Christ. Spurgeon would have us do nothing else. However, on the other hand, we don't want to forget Spurgeon. And so those are two extremes, those are two dangers that we have to be careful of. And so when I when I show people the library, the museum, our old chapel, I mean the danger of putting Spurgeon in the chapel is that you'll elevate him too highly. And so the idea is this. We look not just to Spurgeon, but through Spurgeon to Jesus Christ. And that's my heartbeat and that's the heartbeat of everyone. Who works in the Spurgeon
2: Library. Well, I just want to say, wow! Praise God! Thank you for that. And that's a—I was not expecting that. That's that's a great. So, so not to mention you wrestled with that too, because I've wrestled with that myself. But for you to also explain the purpose behind the frost doors—that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Wow! Yeah, and the the image—if you go to Spurgeon.com,
0: they uh, you guys have an image of those front doors of Spurgeon there, and and it it makes me want to go to Kansas and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. That's the first time I've ever said those words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, hey, we need technically
1: make a, not in Kansas. We're in Missouri. The well, Missouri. okay. Now I
2: want to go to Missouri. So. Yeah. Or we need to make an intentional engaged trip. We we do hey, YouTube like videos, that. and we've got a lot of YouTube videos up of the ARC Encounter and other things on EngagedMagazine.net. We need to make one for that'd be a long thinking Charles drive, Spurgeon. my friend. <laughs>
0: If you're not familiar with our YouTube, we do these these videos where we just kind of drive around, typically to go get coffee because or I ice cream. Love coffee. Oh, we've got an ice cream. <laughs> uh, and we just we just kind of you know we think and we drive, and they're like five minutes long. That would be a bit longer. Would be, be, than five be minutes. So uh, now, what made you start this library uh, of? Well, of tell me a little Project. bit about it. I mean, I don't well, even yeah, know what yeah. You're let's talk about, about what we'll what say. is the the library.
1: Yeah. So there's a little story. So Spurgeon was worth, and we're still calculating this, but we think he was worth about $100 million, the equivalent of $100 million net worth over the course of his life. And that might be conservative. And yet, and here's the thing, you can always tell a man's character by his bank account. Mm. Spurgeon died poor. He only left Susanna 2,000 pounds. And the reason he died poor is because he funneled all of those royalties, all of that income, all that revenue, you know, not just the interest, but the principal, back into these 66 ministries, like the orphanage and the ministry for prostitutes and homeless people. And so because Spurgeon died poor, he had his wife had to sell the estate, and she had, she had to also sell his library. And the only people uh-huh. in the world in 1904 who wanted Spurgeon's library was the Missouri Baptists. And so the books, 6,000 books, came over and sat for about a century uh, in a little college northeast of us, 2006, uh, it was purchased in a blind auction, uh, and then three years ago, uh, Dr. Jason Allen, our president, at Midwestern, uh, called me and he says, "You know, we have this library, we have this collection. We need somebody to give vision to it." And he asked me to consider coming. Uh, and the Lord again snapped his fingers, and here we are in Kansas City. Uh, so we are a library, you know, we are a historical archive, but we're also a museum. So you know, we have things that remind us of Spurgeon's life. It, you know, his watch. You know, how he kept his time. We have his pen. You know, he wrote about 500 letters every week. You know, we have all of these different items that point us, not just to Spurgeon, but through him, to how Spurgeon spent his time for Christ.
0: Yeah, I love that you call it not just a museum, but also a library. One of the projects that you have online is that you've taken um, uh, a ton of his resources, uh, the 63-volume works of Charles Spurgeon, and you've digitized them and made them available for free.
1: Um, that's right. We're scanning all of Spurgeon's sermons, his works, and most of his books in our library for free for pastors and anyone interested in reading them.
0: Yeah, and that's you know, I, I think it's really important to say anyone who's interested because let me tell you, as as a layperson, um I, I'm not a, a pastor, but I do love to read, and we've talked about that quite a bit on this program. Uh but read those sermons. Go to Spurgeon.com um and you can click on the uh lost or not lost works, uh, just the works of Charles Spurgeon, and it is well worth your time. That's right. So, now, I did have a a little slip-up of my tongue there where I said lost works, because that's another project you've been working on.
1: You know, my last year in in the U.K., I went down to London, and I discovered Spurgeon's earliest unpublished sermons that he preached as a teenager in the middle of nowhere in a thatched cottage with 30 members, And so Spurgeon tried to publish these, you know, when he goes to London in 1857, but uh, he failed to do so. And so I remember holding those journals in my hand, feeling God tasking me with the responsibility to finish what Spurgeon had failed to do. And so it's been a journey, it's been a a pilgrimage, but it's also been an encouragement and a blessing knowing that we are stewards of this great story. And I believe Spurgeon's sermons will fit better in our context even than than they did in his own.
2: You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Thank you so much again for listening this afternoon. If you didn't, if you missed the first segment, you're going to want to go to engagemagazine.net. There at the top, top, we have a tab called Podcast. You're going to want to listen to that because it gives a brief overall history or some or some things you would you may want to know about Charles Spurgeon. That's interesting. We I asked Dr. George what was the most interesting thing that our audience would want to know, and he answered that. So you need to go there and check that out. Mm -hmm. And at below of our podcast, we will also have all the links to any of the resources that we mention here. So go check that out. Now, we're talking about the uh, Charles Spurgeon Museum, which Dr. George, what's your role there now?
1: So I'm the curator of the Spurgeon Library and also an assistant professor of theology.
2: And what what is the website for that?
1: The website is very simply spurgeon.org.
2: Well, you're going, to go, you're going to want to go check that out. Now, when we're talking about this, what can someone expect? You kind of touched on this earlier, but why would someone want to come there a drive there? And what can they expect once they're there?
1: Yeah, so the vision was not only to create the, you know, the world's largest online resources uh, of Spurgeon's works you know, for free for anyone, but, but I also blog there twice a week only on Charles Spurgeon. Mm. And so we have fresh content, Uh, you know, we have all these resources that can help (laughs) pastors and lay people. Uh, So you guys keep us in your prayers. We have a lot of work to do, but God has been good to us so far.
0: Yeah, in fact, that's where the line uh, that we opened last segment with, uh, if you've never uh, tried falling in love with a dead guy, you should give it a try. That's where that comes from, is from your blog. Um, So talk to us, if somebody wants to get a hold of those lost sermons that you found and that you have have compiled and edited. Now, here's the thing, in that um, there's more than just the sermons. You also kind of give some additional information um, about the sermons, right?
1: Right. One of the things we wanted to do was justice to the content of the book. So these are Spurgeon's unpublished lost sermons that he failed to publish himself. And so we have two editions. We have a standard edition and we have a collector's edition. We hired a, a marbleist to come do the cover. Uh, it's leather. It's a, It would be a beautiful present for a pastor or a church leader or a Sunday school teacher. So there's the collector's edition, but both editions are full color. I was insistent upon having every single page of Spurgeon's handwritten manuscripts photocopied in full color so you can actually read his handwriting, which is actually... Uh, you know, better than my own handwriting. Right, it's,
0: it's very legible. Uh, you know, yeah, you mentioned right. it'd make a great gift. It, it would also make a great gift for some engaged radio co-host, if anybody <laughs> out there is interested. <laughs> uh, there's twelve volumes the up- to it, so. Yeah. Uh, so tell us now, if uh, if somebody does want to purchase that in all seriousness for their pastor mm-hmm. uh, or even for themselves, where can they get that?
1: Well, Amazon.com has it. Uh, bookstores sometimes uh, carry carry both editions, and of course, the the publisher, B and H Academic. You can go to their website and find it uh, as well.
0: And what kind of feedback have you received from the the lost works?
1: You know, it's interesting—extremely um, positive feedback. You know, one of the dangers of writing a book uh, that is really deep uh, and not not really academic, but really deep and careful, is that you get criticized from you know both ends. You know, the, the church uh, thinks it's too academic, maybe, and and the academy thinks it's too churchy. But I wanted to bring those worlds together because Spurgeon said this. Uh, Jesus didn't say to Peter, feed my giraffes. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. And so I wanted to make this as accessible to every single person as possible. And so we have pastors in different countries like Brazil and South Korea uh, being, you know benefiting from this resource, and I hope many, many, many other people will find the love of Jesus Christ in this book. Uh, you know, at Spurgeon orbited around one thing. His entire life, Orbited around this this reality. Only when Jesus Christ is at the very center of your life mm. can your life be ultimately centered. And so, I hope this book points people to their center, which is Christ.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely great. But it 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 brings me to one question. Um, you have spoken about Charles Spurgeon almost as if he is a a friend that you grew up with. Uh, you know, almost as if he was a childhood friend. Um, How has working on this project, how has working on the library, uh, the museum, how has that impacted your faith and your relationship with Christ? So in other words, how has Spurgeon helped you with that?
1: I get up very early, and I spend time with Christ first, and then I spend about four hours with Charles Spurgeon. And by 6, 7 a.m., it is a rare day that tears aren't just streaming down my face, being so deeply intimate in his mind, in his heart, in his soul, seeing where his fire comes from, his relationship with Christ. Uh, I tell you this honestly, uh, it has ruined me. It has utterly ruined me for everything else, seeing this man's commitment to making Christ known to the nations. It's put a fire in my own heart. It's put a fire in the heart of people who are reading the lost sermons and others, and I hope that fire will spread from shore to shore across our, our nation and beyond
2: we're going to put a uh, couple of the—we're going to put all these links to the resources that we mentioned in our po- in our show coast— show coast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In our show podcast. Now, what, are, what is the website that they can get some of these resources, and what is the website for the museum if people in the area are wanting to travel yeah, by? Yeah, the
1: website is spurgeon.org, and it's there that you can find my blog on Spurgeon. You can find the Lost Sermons. You can find all the, all of Spurgeon's primary writings and sources— uh, and a lot of other information that uh, most people I think will find interesting.
0: we've got just about one minute left, dr. george. and uh, and I want to, you know, in the last last segment, I asked you for uh, one book to recommend. I'd like to kind of twist that just a minute a bit because we are speaking of a preacher and a pastor. So can you give us one sermon? Uh, that you would suggest a reader who's not very familiar with Charles Spurgeon uh, read, or if we could find the audio of somebody reading it or uh, preaching it, uh, listen to?
1: Yeah, there's a sermon called Jesus Wept. Those two little words, Jesus Wept. And in that that sermon, Spurgeon's emotions comes out, his love for this Christ whose weeping comes out, and uh, I, you know, I, I can't even read it. Uh, every time I read it, hundreds of times I've read it, I can't read it with a dry eye. So I, I know, think that sermon would be great.
0: I think that Dr. George, Dr. Christian George, uh, curator of the Spurgeon Museum, said it best when there is that Spurgeon had a fire in his heart. That's what we want to give you every day, a fire in your heart for Christ. Dr. George, thank you so much for being on our Engage program on American Family Radio. If you missed anything, you can always go to engagemagazine.net
2: for everything we just talked about. Until next week, share truth and apply scripture.